In this episode of BFR Tuesday, I talk about different programming options for Achilles tendinopathy and plantar fasciitis, and also chat about the need to increase load if you're feeling like your exercises are too easy. You are listening to the BFR University Podcast with your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. Hey, what's going on? Welcome, everybody. We are at the end of July. can't believe it. Almost into August. <clears throat> uh, thanks for joining me. My name is Ed LaCara. I am the host of uh, BFR Tuesday, where I spend about 15 or 20 minutes each week and um, just kind of chat a little bit about BFR, answer questions, share some content, things like that. Um, I shared uh, about our BFR online uh, performance course, which will take us beyond rehab into different protocols for um, swimming, running, pre-exercise, recovery, um, different protocols for cycling, integrating um, BFR with normal exercise, high-intensity training, things like that. So um, I put that under... Uh, You should be able to see it. Oh, I guess you can. I have to share it. Hmm. Uh, let's see. How come I can't? Oh, Lewis, you can see the link at the bottom of the screen? Okay. So... It is, it is down there. If you want to learn more, we're going to start that performance next uh, August third. So it's going to be every Tuesday for five weeks. Every Tuesday in August, uh, we'll probably go about an hour, hour and a half. I have it scheduled for an hour and a half each day, but a lot of that is for questions and other things. And um, let's see what else. Yeah, that should be that should be about it. So anybody that wants to learn more about integrating BFR for performance, you can take that course with me, and um, yeah, then we'll go from there. So I'm going to close that out so everybody can see. It should be listed underneath, um, just on the bottom left corner. If you want to see it, you should be able to see it there. Okay. So what questions do we have so far? What's going on with uh, in the world of uh, BFR this week? If you have questions, just throw them in the chat section where everybody else is saying hello, and I'm going to say hello from Dallas. Pop those questions in there so I can answer them. 
Hi, Keith. Welcome. And say hello. I'm going to bring in I, the boss is here. So she just had um, she just had a, a little procedure done last week. So we're putting her on BFR as soon as she can because she won't be able to lift heavy weights for about six or eight weeks. So that reminds me, I got to write her program for her. So <clears throat> yep. the boss doesn't bring the whip down. That's right. Always looking for me to do a little bit of implementation. Okay. Uh, let's ask, let's answer Louis, Luis. I don't know if it's Louis or Luis. I'm sorry. Um, are the impacts to bone density for similar load bearing BFR exercises similar to that of regular bone weight bearing exercises that benefit bone density? Um, so I, with light sounds like Louis. Okay. Got it. Thanks. That helps. All right. So, um, again, High intensity training is your best way to load bone, right? Because the bone wants to absorb stress. And when it absorbs stress, it grows. Um, we can also help bone formation uh, with pressure. So getting pressure around the bone compresses the bone and you get a reaction uh, called Wolf's Law, which the amount of stress uh, allows for growing of the bone or building osteoblast formation. So, um, when they compare low intensity training and low intensity and BFR with bone, it is better to do uh, BFR because low intensity is not enough stress for the bone itself. You're gonna compare that to high intensity though. I'm always going to go towards high intensity training for any type of muscular adaptation and then augment BFR if I need to in there. So let me give you an example. Um, patients in a cast and I want to help uh, growing because maybe it's um, maybe that bone is not coming together so I'm going to use a cellular swelling protocol I don't have a choice with high intensity because we can't lift high intensity while that poor person's in that cast so we should always think about BFR as either when we can't lift high intensity loads or or if the um, you want to supplement and not have high intensity loads, like during the course of a regular like um, season, like so, let's say, um, and during the course of a football season, I got guys lifting twice a week, three times a week, and I don't want them over sore because I don't want to give them too much volume in conjunction with everything else. I don't want to overstress their central nervous system and peripheral nervous system. I would supplement with some BFR. So think about if they can do high intensity training, they should always do high intensity training. If you need to supplement because just high intensity is too much, then utilize BFR as an adjunct. If they can't lift 40 or 30% of their one rep max because of injury or age or whatever else, use BFR as a standalone. Hope that helps. Um, for, um, <clears throat> for my full course on developing, um, 
bony formation, whether that's for osteopenia, osteoporosis, or fracture, I have a whole course in um, MedBridge online. And it's, I can't remember how long it is, but it's, uh, it kind of talks about the different ways that we can help and the research behind uh, bone formation. Garrett, hi Garrett. I have a qu question regarding isometrics. How do you implement them using the fatigue protocols? Okay, that's a great question. And I get this quite a bit. So what we use is time. So I, I won't use 30, 15, 15, 15. What I'll do is um, isometric hold, 60 to 120 seconds, one to two minutes. And then um, with a 30 second to one minute rest in between. So, If I'm doing, um, let's say, early phase uh, tennis elbow, I'm going to have the cuff on my upper extremity. I'm going to hold the weight in a neutral wrist position, and I'm just going to hold this position. I can either be here, seated, or so a lot of times I lay them on the table because the cuff's on, and then I just prop up their arm, and they're holding the weight over the edge of the table. And they're going to do that for up to two minutes. Why the big variance? It's double the amount. Depends on your load. If you're not sure of the load, then you're going to use a little bit lighter load and you're going to have a longer hold time. I never let people get above about a 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10 discomfort when the tissue is um, irritated. So um, two to three rounds of one to two minutes. And I will do that uh, probably two to three times per week. Their home exercise is the same. So it's anything that I do in the clinic it ends up being their home exercise program. So if I do that with BFR and they don't have their own BFR cuffs, then they just do those same exercises at home. They're probably going to do it with a little bit more load. Um, and they can either do it with a dumbbell or they can do it with a TheraBand or a resistance band. Um, they can do it with, you know, kettlebell. They can do it without whatever they have. So hopefully that... Um, Uh, let's see, Garrett, what about positional isometrics? Is it okay to hold with maximum effort? Is it okay to do end range ISOs with BFR? Sure. End range ISOs are fine. Um, maximum effort. Um, there's no problem doing maximal effort. You just don't want, if you're talking rehab, then you don't want people in a, um, you don't want you don't want pain levels to get so high that you're irritating the tissue. So just be cognizant of irritating tissue. If they're not injured, you can take them to failure. I don't care as long as you give them a few extra days of rest. And um, I typically won't do that in the first two to three weeks of their BFR journey because they're going to get pretty sore in those first three weeks. Um, so um, I have zero issue with positional isometrics. The one issue I have had um, is I've had patients come in with like a anterior knee pain, like a patellar tendinopathy. My favorite exercise with BFR probably is, a, um, on a slant board, inverted, uh, wall sit with the cuffs on the lower legs and they're holding for one to two minutes. So you probably see my slant board right there. Super easy. Um, but if they haven't eaten, they're probably going to pass out. Um, and because it's, and the reason 
I've had multiple patients with this. I always ask them now, have you had anything to eat? And if not, I give them something, a small snack or something, some juice. Um, you're putting cuffs on the lower limb. You're reducing the, um, the stroke volume. So your heart rate goes through the roof in order to still maintain the same cardiac output. And it, it is hard on the head. So um, whenever we're doing a more full body exercise and we have cuffs on the legs, there's going to be a larger reduction in fluid that is getting back to the heart. So the heart rate has to compensate by increasing your heart rate. So just be cognizant of that. Other than that, I really haven't had any issues. I, I would say that where I do the most isometrics, patella, tendinopathy, I will do um, tennis elbow. I will do golfer's elbow. Mm, trying to think. I'll do some planking, like on a ball. You can see my gym ball behind. Well, gym ball behind me, um, like a like a reverse plank on their back, and they're doing like a glute bridge. Um, I'll, I'll do stuff like that. I don't because the loads are so light. I tap. I I can typically skip isometrics a lot of times and just get right into eccentrics or concentrics. But sometimes I can't. Um, so hopefully that helps. <laughs> yeah, Garrett, you're not going to blow a blood vessel. As long as you're using the pressures that we recommend, no higher than 50% limb occlusion pressure in the upper extremity, no higher than 80% limb occlusion pressure in the lower extremity. Yeah, no blood vessel is going to blow. <clears throat> yeah, there's not any, I don't know of any studies with isometrics. I, I kind of adopted, I don't know where I got that, that kind of that, isometric protocol might have been from uh nick rolnick um can't remember probably it was probably nick um where we talk about just getting the tissue to fatigue that's about the best thing and I, i'm with you garrett i think that i do a lot of isometric stuff too especially with my um with my core work and um when we're doing um when we're getting patients from inactivity to activity, I'll do it with pulses. I think there's a lot of value in there. Unfortunately, not a lot of research. Yeah, you can do your own research study, but um, yeah, it's just a lot of work. But, uh, but we can also, we've got some labs that wanna do studies and that, that have like fellows, like physicians that need to have so many studies done while they're doing their fellowship and they're always asking for different ideas. So I think an isometric is a really, is a, is a good idea. Um, and I'll write that down in case I get any questions about what kind of studies we'd want to look at. But ultimately we know that passive BFR works in uh, muscle protein synthesis. We know that it, <clears throat> we know that if we can get mechanical tension it is even better. So the more mechanical tension we can create, if we can fatigue the tissue, even better. So isometrics make a lot of sense, um, not just for injured people, but for everybody. Um, Lewis, the reason that I think that HIT is so valuable is um, 
when we're training for hypertrophy, I want to get bigger biceps, I want to get a bigger quadricep, I want to get a bigger calf. That doesn't necessarily equate to strength. So yes, BFR um, accelerates hypertrophy change compared to high intensity training. Um, but ultimately high intensity training over the long term, remember most of the studies that we look at are 12 weeks, 16 weeks maximum. And my personal feeling is that long term, you want to do as much high intensity training as you can tolerate and you supplement with BFR. Um, we, the research is still out on tendon adaptation. There's some, some studies that show that tendon adaptation is slower um, than the muscle adaptation. So high intensity helps to train the, the, the um, tendon at the same rate as the muscle. Um, there's been, I think, two studies on tendons that it looks like it's equivalent. So we're still, we're still vetting it out. Um, now, if somebody can't lift high intensity, then BFR is their best alternative. So, um, you know, I, I think that if you take somebody on a full year's set of macro cycles and you're plugging people in and you're doing strength and you're doing hypertrophy and you're doing power and you're doing speed and then you're doing uh, weight loss or maybe in season or preseason <clears throat> and you're creating these blocks. Um, I think there's a lot of places to show BFR, but I also think there's a lot of places if the person is healthy to do high intensity training as well. Yes, Lewis. Yeah. BFR is best as a primary modality for populations that are compromised or limited in some way. I, that is a, perfect way to put that. And I'm going to steal that. I'll reference you three times, but then I take it as my own. <laughs> uh, Garrett, yeah, even in my own experience, the higher degree of ir irradiation with BFR is insane. Yeah. Listen, muscle activation is going to go higher because you're pre-fatiguing type 1 fibers earlier on. So you're going to tap into the type 2 fibers, which we normally don't tap into with uh, low intensity training. So like what I'll teach in the performance course is if we want to get somebody ready for exercise is do BFR and low intensity to prime the system without creating fatigue. And so you might do, instead of 30, 15, 15, 15, you might do two sets of 12 to 15 with a very light load, 10%, 15%, 20% of their one rep max. And um, that just gets people ready for training. I miss any... No, that looks like it's it. <clears throat> All right. So any other questions? Uh, we're about right about 120 and I got to get back to uh, seeing patients. So I appreciate everybody jumping on. Um, again, if you're interested in that level two course, I put the link down in that, that corner. It's going to be every Tuesday during the month of uh, August from 7 p.m. until 8.30 uh, Central Time. But if you can't make it for whatever reason, replays will be available. Um, after I um, after I am finished, so that is that is our next step, getting this done, and then the step after that is um, will be more emphasis on some of these populations like ACL rehab and uh, um, aging populations. So, all right, thanks so much. Have a great week, and I will see you next time. Bye for now.